As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Ports, I'm with you on a Thursday morning. Allison Lukian is here. Hello. Allison, it's a, this is a strange stretch of the summer. Now, usually this is draft weekend. Correct. Crazy, isn't it? You, yes. Usually it's cranking up to free agency week from now. And and so what is where we're at right now on the calendar is kind of where we usually are in like say middle of May. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's kind of the crazy season um, where you're hearing a lot of stuff, and some of it's some of it's um, well, a lot of it's interesting, and some of it's true. Um, and the Blue Jackets have been linked to trade talks with the Buffalo Sabers involving Jack Eichel. Now, okay. background on Eichel, unbelievably, unbelievably talented player. No that question. Purely a number one center, probably one of the top three to five centers in the league. Is that fair? I, I think so, yes. He is disgruntled uh, with this Buffalo Sabres. He's been there six seasons. They've, they've yet to have a 500 record, yet to make the playoffs. Um, and adding... Uh, literally injury to insult, if you will. He has a neck injury, suffered in mid-March, did not play the rest of the season. He has a herniated disc in his neck, which doesn't sound like a lot of fun. No. And I'm just giving you the, everybody the picture of, of, of why Jack Eichel's available and what it looks like. He wants to have surgery that the Buffalo Sabres doctors say no NHL player has had before. Um, I've tried to track down a, a surgeon this week to see who does these surgeries to see what he would recommend for people after them. Uh, no luck on that front, but it, it, it's, it's, it's a mildly risky surgery. The Sabres want him to rest and rehab. And so this is, they're at a loggerheads now, which is a great word, but not a good place to be. Mm-hmm. And it's a mess. And you think Columbus is in, in, has had a rough season. My God, the situation in Buffalo is just, it is just 
my it just toxic doesn't begin to describe it. Mm-hmm. So Jack Eichel is available. Sabres are willing to trade him. I don't think he's technically requested a trade yet, but he's all but said he's done playing in Buffalo. Um, I poked around on this. There are reports that the Blue Jackets are deep in trade talks with the Sabres. There's and there's speculation that they would be. Of course they would be. The Blue Jackets need a centerman, always. Um, but I don't think there's a ton of – I think there's smoke there, but I don't think there's any fire. Um, tell me what, what you think of – what should the Blue Jackets' interest be in Jack Eichel, and what are you feeling about this move? I don't think it's going to happen. Things may have to change for it to happen. Where are you at on on – this, uh, given all of the things that we know about the situation. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, first and foremost, and and I hate to, <laughs> we saw what happened when poor Elvis referenced Buffalo in post-game comments. Um, I, I hate to, to kick a team when they're down, but you know, when we talk about the potential for a rebuild, it's not just about stripping it's down. It's knowing how you're going to build it back up. And, and right. Buffalo was a cautionary tale there. Um, so I think it's, it, you know, Blue Jackets fans are upset right now, but <laughs> this this is exactly where you do not want to be um, is a Buffalo situation. You know, again, like you said, Eichel is a is a tremendous player um, under contract through the 25-26 season, but at a, at a $10 million a year price tag. Right. So that's significant. Look, does he make any team better? Yes, but is he enough? to make the blue jackets what they need to be at this moment, probably not. And, you know, as we've talked about what is the value of making incremental moves versus saying, Nope, we're going to really strip this down and build this the right way for the long haul. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I worry about, and this is not to decrease Eichel's value. It's to talk about what the rest of the roster looks like right now. Eichel probably isn't enough to make this team Right. quote unquote good. And, and, you know, I am not a doctor, but you know, this, the next situation is concerning. It's certainly something that uh, it seems a normal human can deal with, but, right. but not an elite athlete. And, and that's the concern here. And the other concern now is that just like Max Domi, because the team has asked him to wait and rehab and re- and recover. Now, if he gets surgery, that's cutting into the season. So even if you get this player, when do you truly get this player at full productivity on the ice? Yeah. And this is, this is getting messy as, as these things tend to, to do, but like, I think, I think there's a, there is a market for him in the current state. There is, I think. I oh, think, no question. No question. Of course. I think Buffalo's asking too much. Sure. For him, as one exec said this week, the, the return they're asking for ignores the neck injury. Or, I mean, the return they're hoping to get ignores the neck injury. In other words, like, there's no way you can give all that up for a player who's going into neck surgery. What, you know, the, the rub here, though, is teams may want to say, have the neck surgery and we'll see you on the other side. And even if you have to rehab, as long as we know you've had the next surgery and it's gone well, we'll feel a lot more comfortable than we we do right now. This is then 
But this is the problem. Buffaloes and the team doctors don't want him to have the surgery. They want him to rest and rehab. And so the timeline, as you mentioned, is getting pushed here. And it may end up in, in a hearing between the Sabres and the NHLPA, the Players Association, uh, in front of an arbit- arbiter to tell him who's right here and if he can proceed with the surgery. So, it, it, you know, teams that that may want may want to see what he looks like on the outside of surgery, that may not be uh, possible or at least quick. Um, I, I thought you brought up a good point with this too. Like the Blue Jackets, without using the word, appear to be heading into a, a rebuild of their own. One they hope won't take too god-awful long. Won't be a Buffalo version. <laughs> exactly, which has right. gone nowhere. Or right. a Detroit version, which seems to be taking a while too, to see some progress. Um, and Jack Eichel's 24, so it's not like he's a 30-year-old left winger. Right. But for me, the, the what you'd have to cash in for Eichel is almost the more damaging part than taking on a player that's six years into his career with a ton of tread off the off of his tires. Right. Um, and this injury, which is part of it. So the Sabres want a centerman back. Well, you know. Columbus doesn't doesn't have those things, <laughs> Allison. Right. They don't have one of those. I mean, they have people who play there. That is yes. true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But you know, you're not going to get. You're not plucking a number one young center off the Blue Jackets roster. That's right. So now you got to cre- creative. The Blue Jackets, I'm sure, would say, "Does a Patrick Line interest you?" Mm-hmm. And the Sabers appear to not be overwhelmed with that. So at minimum, so this thing starts with the first round draft pick number five overall next month. Yes. It almost certainly includes a goaltender, probably Merzlikens who the Sabres are interested in, in have been, have shown interest in the past. You think of young players on the blue jackets roster that appear to be an NHL players in the future or currently, but they're in the early part of their NHL career. Texier, peak. It's got to take one of those guys for sure. And then you're probably looking at at some of their one or more of their prospects. Right. So you're adding a player who, if healthy, is a is one of the most is maybe the most talented player you've ever had on the team when healthy. Right. But you have, I think you've now, you've added that piece, which is a big, big piece, but God, look what you've, look what you've cost yourself in terms of depth of prospects and just having, cause you'd have to think, this is my thought. The number five guy is going to be an NHL regular, if not this year, next. Right. Merzlikens is an NHL regular. Texier and or Peak are NHL regulars. And the Russian kids are coming. Shinakov uh, is going to be here this year in, in North America, if not the NHL. Baronkov comes the next year um, in case any, unless anything changes. Marchenko comes the year after. Um, so you've got a flow of prospects coming. That's just, man, that is that is upsetting the apple cart. For me, and I, but I know you can't acquire a guy like Eichel without doing that. 
Thoughts? Right. Well, you can't, but you know, again, this is the, this is the point of what the blue jackets in theory would be doing is that the way, and this is what Buffalo did. They tanked, I'm just going to say it to get a shot to get either McDavid or Eichel. Right. And so, you know, and this is, this is what's being soft pedaled and let's just talk about it is that the blue jackets hope to get their own Eichel maybe next year or the year following. And so this becomes a time management issue, you know, and that's where I, I, we talk about Eichel's under contract through 25, 26, but at that point he's going to be whatever, he's not going to be young any quote unquote anymore. So is he still, and this is with full reverence to the player, is he still Jack Eichel by the time the studs in theory that the blue jackets get over the next two years are ready to play. And so that's where it's throwing good money after bad. Where is your window? Really, realistically, where is the window when this team hopes to be competitive again? And can they realistically do it with what they have in place? And if it means that the window is based on assets they get over the next two years, there's there's no sense in making this move right now. Yeah. Because yeah. As, as talented as the player is, there has to be a plan and everything has to work in support of the plan. Yeah. It, you know, it's just, it's like when they say, you know, when you're selling a house, like you have to know what your offer, what you need, because something shiny comes by and you go, Ooh, fancy. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that instead. You have to stick to the plan. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's such, it's, and that's such a great point. And it's going to, it's going to be this during the, during this process for them. And John, John uh, Davidson is even, he's alluded to it a, a couple of times stay the course, stay the course, stay right. the course. Right. And I, I think back not to not, I don't want to mention the, the first general manager of the blue jackets, Doug McLean too often on this podcast, but I think back to the first year, I think this is just such a great example of this. The blue jackets are that first year in the NHL, 2000, 2001, they're a plucky, they are a team. Now they're not Vegas. I think right. we need it. We almost need a different, word for bringing a team and a city into the league <laughs> than expansion because saying that Columbus and Vegas were both expansion teams while accurate, it's just a totally different world 100%. now versus then. But anyways, they Columbus had this really energetic together, passionate team that this city loved maybe as much as any team they've ever had. Mm-hmm. They were overachievers and there's nothing greater in sports than when people, when teams do that. And at the trade deadline that that first year, Doug McLean is offered Ray Whitney for Kevin Adams. Now, it's funny we're talking about Kevin Adams as the general manager of the Sabres, and here he is again. <laughs> um, you have that, that's the trade. That's the trade you could never make in your video game because the players would be too imbalanced. <laughs> that, Right. That's the trade that when somebody in your fantasy league calls you and you're like, is this guy drunk or crazy? Yes, I'll do that. It's so hard to say no to that. Yeah. But you yeah. have to say no to that. That's right. As dumb as it sounds, especially the way Whitney turned out in Columbus. So, and my point is they, they add Whitney and now they're better. They are better. Sure. <laughs> and they're better the next year, even though the points didn't show it, but they're better than they should have been the next year. And they were better the year after that than they should have been at that point in their in their birth, in their, in their growth. 
And so one, yeah, you can't be one foot in and one foot out. It's, right. so it doesn't mean you have to intentionally suck. It just means to like, to say like, okay, we're going to do this the right way. We're going to rebuild. And then two weeks later, be like, we'll trade six pieces for a 24 year old. with <laughs> right. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? <laughs> that didn't last long. Right. And so, and I think they're going to be, I think one of the challenges to doing this is you're going to be met with these offers, especially in a cap world where you've got cap space and people want to unload their problems on you. And, and I think you've got to really have a cool head and, and, and realize you may win that deal, but you may be losing in the long term. That's you're, right. You may be losing sight of where you're, where you're trying to go here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. And you know what the problem is for people who want to be on the optimistic side, they're going to say, well, you know, our Temi Panarin came in and the team had their best, some of their best hockey ever. Well, that's true. But again, that was a different roster. And this is a, this is where that talent valuation is going to be critical because if you miss who's good enough, who's good enough, when, uh, again, to your point, are you Buffalo or Detroit? And that's no fun either. <laughs> right. And, and here's the, the last point on, on Eichel that I'll acknowledge is it, it's unfair to assert. And so I want to be careful that I'm not, I'm not asserting it. I'm asking it mm-hmm. because but I do think it's valid. Mm-hmm. So he's been there six years. Yes. And they have had at times you look around that that team and you think, how is this team? How is this team so god awful? Yes. Like I'm not saying that that they're Tampa by any stretch of the imagination, but I mean, so from the start of his time in Buffalo to to this season, they have finished 23rd, 26th, 26th, 31st, 27th, 25th, and 31st. Mm-hmm. And they they have at times Sam Reinhardt's a good player. Kyle Posa is a nice player. Mm-hmm. Ryan O'Reilly's a nice player. Rasmus Dahlin is a nice player. They've had some players there. The best players in this league elevate. Now I'm not saying they can do it all by themselves. They can't. Right. right. They can't. But I, I, Eichel needs to be. If you're giving all of this up and paying 10 million bucks a year. He needs to be your best player, your offensive centerpiece, and he needs to be a guy that lifts everything around him. Yes. Again, not all the way to the top, but he has to make everybody better. Yes, and I yes. don't know. I don't know that we've seen that. And, and, and the ugliness in Buffalo, it's easy to say they've had such turnover at the top. They've had different coach after different coach. How much of this does he wear? How much of this do the players wear and how worrying should that be? Yeah. I mean, and this, this is the, this is the same, and this is his draft cousin. This is the same debate about McDavid, right? I mean, and then they made the playoffs, but yeah, they, they did. But again, like McDavid is viewed as a generational player. McDavid is and with all respect, he's viewed as better than Eichel. And I would agree but McDavid isn't out there in Edmonton winning cup after cup, after cup, after cup. No. And, you know, even, you know, Sidney Crosby and, and Evgeny Malkin can't overcome bad goaltending in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, 
Patrick Line can't score goals on the power play in Columbus if they can't get him the puck, <laughs> right? So th- these are all situations. Listen, I think the criticism is fair. I-, I would also point to, I think, to your to your examples, the organization has not always helped him. You know, they 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 tell him he's a leader when he's however many years old. Just because you're the best player doesn't mean you have to be a quote unquote leader on a team. Um, has has he always been the best he can be? I can't answer that because I don't watch him night in and night out. Um, but has he been given the support that, no, I don't care who you are, any elite player needs to be elite? I say no. Um, so I, I, I think the point is valid. The question is valid. It's the same thing we saw in Columbus this year. If your pieces don't fit together, it doesn't matter how good or bad they are. It's not going to work. Yeah. And I think he's a tremendous player. I don't think we've seen his best because he hasn't been on a roster that suits him. And to your point, he should be a centerpiece. Um, can he be better? Everyone can be better. But I don't think the organization has given him the perfect spot. And again, no one in hockey more than more than most sports, no one player is going to save your franchise. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. I, I, you know, three or four years ago in, in Colorado, the Avs had a hard talk with Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Like you, you really, I mean, obviously an incredible player, but it, it reached the point where it was like, you're, you're really good. You're obviously, but you got to be up here. Yes. Like heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yes. You got to be up here. And he, he has, know, they haven't won a cup either. I don't think it's all about winning a cup, but McDavid's making the playoffs. You mentioned Crosby and Malkin. They're in the playoffs. If, if the Sabres had, had made the playoffs and gotten bounced or finished just outside the playoffs, then I, then that's one thing, but to just be the dregs of the league, even in years where you go, that's not an awful roster. Mm-hmm. I I think it's, I, I don't think people are wrong to think that that sets off a little bit of alarms about just what are we getting? Fair. hundred percent. Totally fair. What are we getting? And is he, does he elevate the room or do we have to build the room up around this guy, even though we're, he's 10 million bucks and he's the, he's the big piece here. Cause that can be an awkward fit. 100%. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So we've, we've talked about the process and how difficult it's, it's going to be to sort of remain patient and keep your eye on the prize 
and realize where this is going. Um, not, not grabbing the shiny thing. I, I think this is a, an interesting question too. And you'd be good on this, Allison, how the team hasn't said rebuilding. Right. Like, there's been like um, 18 50, different words, Two words with the, with the prefix re <laughs> used to describe what's coming. Um, and I get it. It's dicey. Like you don't want to, nobody wants to say, Oh yeah, we're tanking. Oh, we're going to be awful the next couple of years. Um, so you present it in different ways, but I, what is the best way to present um, a rebuild to this specifically this marketplace, the Columbus Blue Jackets? How how can they sell it to people that is that is fair? That tells people really what's coming, um, and also doesn't just gut gut the arena of, of fans. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a great question. And we've talked about even before John Davidson went to the Rangers, uh, there was a big to do when the Rangers did just that. They basically put out a message and said, we're rebuilding. I mean, literally. (laughs) Um, And, you know, this is a little Tortorellian, but I'm always a fan of honesty. And, you know, I think it is my opinion. I haven't polled the fan base, but it is my opinion that part of what made this past season so rough wasn't just the win and loss record. It was, it was hard to see the give a damn from this group. And I think that, you know, a message like that, you know, even if we go back to when JD first came to Columbus, there was that there was a, we we're going to, we're going to, give our very best effort and we're building towards something. And our goal is to find a way to acquire elite talent that can hold us at a top level for some time. And that's going to take us some time, but stick with us. And we're going to give our very best out on the ice night in and night out. Um, You know, (laughs) I hate to use this word because it's been bandied about with this organization, but there can be loyalty through tough times. If there's honesty And if there's intention and if there's emotion, meaning we care about what we're doing and we care about you. Um, And I think expressing that can go a long way. I mean, even, you know, you look at, again, we talk about this team now quite a bit on this show, but the crew had, the crew were not in their most successful stretch of soccer when the save the crew movement happened. But there was a loyalty to the fan base. There was a loyalty from the fan base to the team that basically kept the team here and got them a new stadium all at the same time. So back too, partially, but yes. And you know, I, I think that owning what you're going to do goes a long way. Honesty with intention, with evidence that there's a plan I think that helps. And with evidence that people care again for the fans to the team, for the team to the fans. And that when the team goes out, they're going to do their very best. And I think from a ongoing communications perspective, you know, things I'd be talking about is let's, let's talk about what development looks like. Let's show you what these players are doing and not a, Hey, look, they're amazing, but 
Zach Renski is a great example to me. There was a year where all we talked about was we really want him to be stronger defensively. And here's why. Yeah. And, and this is what it brings him. And this is what it brings our team. Those kind of messages. And again, showing the intention of the franchise, showing the plan and showing the progress being on track with the plan. I think, that, again, I think that can go a long way. Yeah. And, and I think I was thinking about this the other day too. I don't think, I don't think this approach would have been taken if John Davidson doesn't come back to the Blue Jackets. Hundred percent agree. I think I think that for two reasons. I, I think I think Yarmo was fully mentally invested in making this team as good as they could be next season. Mm-hmm. And I think John Davidson comes from the outside looking in and is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I also think John Davidson being here allows them to sell it to people. And I'm not sure they could sell it to people before. Agree. Um, but I think, so I've, I've talked to, and this may turn into a, into a, a um, Sunday gathering lead here soon. Mm. What is the, what is the cruise impact on the blue jackets? Mm-hmm. The cruise new stadium impact on the blue jackets. Are, are people going to say, um, you know, I'm doing one or the other. And, Right now, the crew are hot. The stadium's awesome. Sorry, Blue Jackets. I'll be back when you're ready to win. Right. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I've spoken to two people, and neither of them think that that's going to be the case. And the reason, and then, and I should specify, that's only for this coming season. And okay. both of them said that people are, first of all, so many people have money with the Blue Jackets for tickets as it is. And I, I don't know what the ramifications are. Could they be compelled to get that money back from the club? Probably. But if it's already there, you're less likely to do that. But their point was these people went a, most of a year without seeing the Blue Jackets um, play with the crowded house. They just can't wait to get back again mm-hmm. and worry about what it looks like on the, on the ice after the fact. Mm-hmm. They don't think attendance this coming season will suffer that much because there's still going to be the, the sort of we're back dynamic that that propels people to come to the game. So we'll see if that plays out, but I think, and, and, and I, I think I mentioned it on, on a previous podcast, I think the team did, did Brad Larson a bit of a disservice. I think there still would have been critics um, about his hiring. If they'd, if they'd, if they'd spoken clearly about what their, short-term outlook look like. I think there still would have been critics because people have, have, you know, looked at the power play and said, this guy can't possibly be our next coach. But I think it would have been muted a bit if you say, okay, we're in a development stage. We're building, we're teaching young players to play hockey. This is an energetic first-time NHL coach, perfect for this situation. I think more people, and in fact, I've seen more people who have listened to Brad Larson and not come to terms with what's coming say, Oh, okay. All right. I can live with this. Mm-hmm. I think if you show them whoever you pick number five this year, and it it's a bright player. If Shinikov comes over and he looks like he can, he's a he's a bright player. Allison, they need some of these young players to pop. Mm-hmm. Texier. I mean, Texier's got to start delivering. We could say that about some other guys too. Yep. I think as long to your point earlier as long as people see energy passion and caring and some of these guys have 
have talent that you go, oh boy, he's going to be that guy. He's going to be something. Yep. I think people are okay with this as long as they're, as long as they feel like there is a plan. Yep. That is laid out. And if you hit the jackpot with the player next year and bring in an elite player, I think people go crazy for that. Let's go. Let's grow. I'll grow with you. Let's go. I want to see this kid play every freaking time he's in nationwide arena. Yep. And they need to draft that kid and keep that kid. But I think people can live with this if it's articulated to them. A million percent. Absolutely. And, you know, there's even when, Edmonton wasn't good. I mean, I remember we would see Edmonton come to Nationwide and people would come to Columbus to the arena just to see McDavid. 100%. Right? So you're you're spot on there. And, And again, like I was saying, if they can say, here's what's happening, here's where we're going, we're on track, and look, we know what we're doing because does a player pop all at once, or is it five steps forward every year, but he's on track to get to 10 steps when we need him to be at 10 steps? Right. A million percent. This, this is why, again, you know, even before Torts was in Columbus, I, I agree with his approach. Honesty is the best policy. What's going on? And as long as you can back up what you say is going on with action, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting because, you know, I do know season ticket holders and they have tickets for next year because, as you said, the money rolled over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but holding and owning tickets doesn't mean those people keep showing up for games. Very true. And that's going to be interesting. And I do think that if it comes to it, you know, this organization, you know, and this goes to, to something we've talked about too, the in-arena experience. Um, the focus should be on the game. The focus should be on the players a million percent. But do, do you enjoy being at the arena? You know, I, I hate baseball, but I'll go to a game at Huntington Park because it's a great park and it's it's fun to be there. Well, yeah. The crew stadium has all local eateries. They've got all this fun stuff they're pitching. So can you make the game experience enjoyable as well when maybe the hockey doesn't see you through. These are all things that this organization has to think about while, as we keep saying, they stay on track with the plan they have to get good when they're ready to really be good. Yeah. Well, they've got a lot of work to do. They do. They do. Um, Allison, one bit of news, the blue jackets, and this, this one tripped me up a bit. (laughs) Announced this yesterday uh, that the blue jackets have hired John Tortora. Mm. I mean, really, what are the chances? (laughs) Uh, as senior vice president and chief legal officer. And so he replaces Greg Kirstein, uh, an original Blue Jackets employee, who was chief legal counsel, who retired after this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Tortora, T-O-R-T-O-R-A. And I read this and I thought, did they mean to send this? Is this like <laughs> right? It's like an onion? Did, is John Tortorella coming back like dressed in a disguise? Right. As the senior vice president, but but uh, Tortora has spent 25 years in professional hockey, 11 with the San Jose Sharks, 14 before that with the NHL office. Um, so a noteworthy hire at the top of the uh, near the top of the organization, their VP. Uh, anything else to add, Allison? I don't think so. All right. Well, thanks uh, for your time. Good conversation as always. Indeed, and and you know, have you have you made a decision? On the Avid Brothers concert, Aaron. Well, yeah, I'm not. I can't go. I can't go. They're picking the next great Blue Jacket that night. You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, 
Come on. Duty calls. I, you know, I'll see them in Mexico with camp. Um, so I'm not going to complain. But uh, yeah, there's there's no way I'm going. There's no way. I'm proud of you. That's good. Very proud of you. Dedication. Big sacrifice. Good job. It is. Thanks. And folks, we'll talk to you next uh, next week. Thanks for listening. As always, have a great week.